Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show that focuses on people and organizations making a huge difference and an impact in North Texas. I'm your host, Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan. And guess what? This is DFW Restaurant Week, celebrating 25 years. That's right, the 25th anniversary this summer. DFW Restaurant Week is North Texas' largest culinary event and one of our largest annual fundraisers. And what is DFW Restaurant Week? It's real simple. Throughout this month, beginning August 8th through September the 4th, diners can explore a variety of cuisines with nearly 100 premier restaurants across the Metroplex offering prefixed menus for dinner, lunch, and this New Year weekend brunch. DFW Restaurant Week is a great way to try new restaurants or enjoy longtime favorites, all for a good cause. Every meal benefits the North Texas Food Bank and in the Dallas area or in the Lena Pope in the Tarrant County area. Approximately 20% of costs of each meal goes donated. Over the past 25 years, DFW Restaurant Week has successfully raised nearly $11 million in charitable donations directly benefiting our community. It also supports local restaurant businesses at a time of year when business is typically slower and is also now recovering from the pandemic. And right now, joining us once again, it seems like it's always a pleasure to talk to Dr. Ashley Elgin. She is the CEO of Lena Pope. How are you doing, Ashley? Good morning. I'm doing great. How are you? Wonderful. And by the way, thank you again for being a part and having Lena, Hope, Lena Pope being a part of DFW Restaurant Week. And can you, can you tell us just right off the bat how much of an impact or what it does for Lena Pope uh, with DFW Restaurant Week? Well, with 20% of the, the dinner costs coming to Lena Pope, we are able to help clients who cannot afford counseling, who may not be able to afford um, child care. Um, and, you know, overall, we're able to intervene with the entire community if they need it and cannot access it on their own. And for those who are not quite familiar with Lena Pope, you guys have been around for so long. You've done so many wonderful things with mental help with kids. Can you talk about Lena Pope and basically an overall view? Sure. Uh, Lena Pope has been around for 93 years. Wow. I know. It's hard to believe. Um, I'm already thinking about uh, the 100th year anniversary it seems surreal that, you know, it could be here for that long. And 
to really be the the heartbeat of the community when we're in crisis. Mm -hmm. Uh, It has served that purpose for so long, focusing on families and children. And in general, we focus on the whole child and the family that supports that child, uh, all the way from healthy development within the academic setting. So we have a charter school called Chapel Hill Academy, and then we have an early learning center for children who are six months, I mean, six weeks to um, five years old. And then if children run into stumbling blocks, we actually have counseling services for all ages, and we have a juvenile justice program that helps those who have interfaced with um, the legal system. It's absolutely amazing the work that has been done over all of these years. 93 years is a long time. I'm sure there have been situations over those years that, you know, well, maybe uh, we might not be around because of, you know, people not being able to contribute. But you guys have had, you withstood the test of time. In fact, you withstood the pandemic. Can you talk about the fact that, you know, a lot of organizations, quote unquote, made the pivot during the pandemic and how the pandemic either gave you new ideas or some of the challenges you had to go through. And now that things are back to somewhat normal again. Well, you know, the pandemic was an opportunity really to evaluate all that we do and make sure that our services were directly in alignment with what the changing needs in the community were. And as you're aware, people became isolated. People yeah. became, um, you know, the the inability to reach out and to have those normal interfaces, whether it's in school or whether it's in childcare or work. Um, that level of isolation created quite a bit of depression among our youngsters as well as with um, the community at large. Uh, the suicide rate was soaring. Um, those who um, were grieving, some looked to substance use, others um, found themselves, you know, just not having any resources at all, whether it is to purchase groceries or to Um, seek out medical care, Uh, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, people were so confused about what best to do. During that time, we had a hotline to help people navigate the system. And following that, uh, we pivoted to telehealth services. And uh, our school pivoted to at-home learning, which, you know, was a requirement across the whole area. Um, since then, I think that this is really the first time that I'm feeling that dark cloud really just move away from the center of our town. Yeah. And across the states, I think people are taking a, a sigh of relief. And it's really encouraging to see people back out there, to see our economy doing better, to see um, the suicide rate going down, you know, I think we're, we're stabilizing. But that doesn't mean it didn't have long-term repercussions that still need to be addressed. You know, I'm, I'm glad you're bringing this up because uh, about the suicide rate because a lot of people don't realize there's a lot of teenagers who kept a lot of things inside. In other words, they weren't, you know, getting things off of their chest. They weren't speaking, and they were internalizing. And, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. kids, they say the kids are, oh, they overthink things. Well, they're internalizing and then they would think the worst. And next thing you know, they become a statistic. Now, you were able to help a lot of kids 
uh, during the pandemic. Can you talk about how, you know, there were a lot of kids who were withdrawing and parents just didn't understand and how you guys were able to step in? Sure. You know, uh, a particular child comes to mind. Um, It was a a young man in our school who he was quiet to begin with. Uh, However, during the pandemic, uh, the relationships that he had formulated prior to the pandemic sort of dissolved. And by the time the kids were back in school, he had a hard time reconnecting. Um, He found himself feeling like an onlooker, and any time that he tried to reestablish those friends or create new friendships, he felt as though he was met with rejection. He didn't disclose that to anyone, and thank goodness for um, his schoolmates who were connected with him on social media uh, he made um, some outcries on social media, and the, his fellow students reported that. We were able to intervene with him and get the assistance that was necessary. Um, he was able to, you know, have the resources of his family, have the resources of his church, have the resources of our social worker, and to get specialized care. And you know, his reaction is not uncommon. Right. I think as an example of so many children that were suffering, that they had a reserved personality to begin with. And if you think of adolescence as the time where you're acclimating socially to your mm-hmm. role in society, the pandemic messed that up. <laughs> yeah. So imagine that it interfered with a developmental milestone at the very minimum. And then if you had symptoms of depression going into it, of course, those were exacerbated. The thing that's so challenging is sometimes, like you said, parents don't understand. They think maybe the kid is acting out or or maybe the kid is just, uh, you know, they just have to get over it or they need to be stronger or you just need to study more. You need to focus on your books and they actually just need to talk to people. Can you can you talk about some of the life lessons or or some of the things that you guys have, have used at Lena Pope? so that, you know, kids and parents can get to understand each other a little bit more, especially on those levels with, with mental wellness, because it's, it's really a larger thing than people really want to talk about. They're just like, they just think, oh, it'll go away, or you just need to act right, or you stop stop with this bad behavior. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that we developed was a mentoring group, And the mentoring group is established especially for that reason, because a lot of people won't come forward identifying that they have a problem. But if you make available to them a resource for those people who are healthy that want to be in community and and learn from someone who is a little bit older and wiser um, and share with their peers, that's a little more appealing because it makes that learning new coping skills, communication skills, anger management skills, it makes that a little more palatable. And you don't have to say, you know, I'm, I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's a human condition. Uh, that is kind of normal to struggle from time to time. And so we don't, we don't want to create a situation in which you have to Um, label yourself or feel less than if you're reaching out for help. 
So we made it part of the normative developmental experience. Come on and have fun with some peers and talk about the things that challenge you in your day-to-day environment. And if you have a stumbling block, now you're ingrained with a support system. And you have built that relationship already. And maybe it's not going to get so, so bad because you didn't have anyone to talk to. Now you have somebody to talk to, and you meet every week anyway. And so it's a great opportunity for them to um, either de-escalate, avoid a problem, work out situations, and have a community that they can call their own. I love it because it's it's basically the support system because sometimes, especially nowadays, the support system is not quite there. It's not like a, a quote-unquote traditional family situation. We talked about with the pandemic and virtual learning, you didn't have the, the, the school structure normal support system. But can you also talk about over the last few years with social media, the fact that, you know, there's th- such a social media consciousness. Kids uh, either intimidated by bullying online or being uh, – not having enough likes or not having enough followers and that kind of peer pressure because, you know, you, when you and I were going to school, it was just like, okay, you got clicks over here, you got the mean girls over there, you got the, the athletes over there. And now with social media, it's like it's even more so. And, and can you talk about how you guys have had to confront that and how you guys have been able to help kids deal with those kind of issues socially? Sure. You know, I, I think one of the things in our society, unfortunately, is the uh, tragedy of um, mass shootings. Yes. And, you know, that is not something that just happens one day that someone typically just uh, cracks. That typically is a scenario in which things have been building over the course of time and Often, social media plays a role in that. One of the things that we've observed is bullying has kind of changed the look. (laughs) You know, when you and I were in school, it was pretty obvious. The teachers could identify it straight on because it was happening in front of them. Now it's on social media, as you pointed out. And by the time they get to school, now they're already intimidated or they're expecting you know, that someone's going to, you know, get them when they're in the hallway or something like that. And so I think that there are so many more pressures on kids. One of the things that uh, we have made available is a um, anonymous reporting system. Nice. And, you know, I think it's really necessary because sometimes kids will know about another student who's being bullied or they will know about as mentioned that they're feeling super sad but they don't want to be the one to be the rat or to be the one that gets in trouble too that's right and so um, the anonymous system allows for adults to have information that may be relevant and important and make interventions early on Um, So I think that sort of opportunity is really important. But in addition to that, you know, to be able to have access to the school counselor or to um, the church um, pastor or those support groups that uh, are built into our society that now that COVID has reduced 
are becoming more available to people again. It's a matter of reconnecting and pointing out to children and families the way in which you can access those types of care. Can you talk about how you've had to uh, re-educate or educate some parents to see signs of kids that may be in trouble? We're talking about mental wellness kids that they say, well, they're just acting out. In other words, there's sometimes there's some old school parents, the ones that Mm -hmm. say, well, back in the day, you just tough it up. You need to just suck Uh it up, tough it up and stop acting out. Where's my, where, go get the switch off the tree. Can you talk about how you've had to educate some parents or how hard it's been or what you guys have had to do? Parents are eager to understand and are eager to have the tools to help their children. Uh, my philosophy is that uh, parents intervene in the way that they know best. Mm-hmm. They do the best they can with the resources that they have. And so if they don't have any resources, then you can expect for them to um, rely on things that may not be as effective. But if you provide those resources to them, and it has to be in so many creative ways, whether it's on the web page, sending it out on a school notice, having parent meetings, having support groups, having parent um, participation in activities, all of those are ways in which you can impart that knowledge on on anyone who is interested and equip them with tools that they may not need in the moment, but when it comes down to it, now they know. They have some more resources. And if they can't remember exactly what was said, now they know who to call. So by being creative in the number of ways that you communicate with parents, whether it's, you know, you can also send out um, mass text messages, you can send um, voicemails to a larger group of people. So technology has really helped in allowing us to access more people, uh, and it's our responsibility to make sure we utilize those tools wisely. We're talking with Dr. Ashley Elgin. She's the CEO of Lena Pope, one of the great, great organizations in Tarrant County. And believe it or not, we're almost halfway through 2022. We're It's almost <laughs> fall. It's, it's almost time for school to start up again. Can you talk about... Uh, in particular, I have to bring it up because we're going through it right now. It's triple-digit temperatures, and it's been going on since early June. Can you talk about how that has impacted you guys and some of the things you were trying to get done this summer? Sure. You know, we we spent the summer working really hard and um, preparing for um, school to be back in session because once school is in session, often – uh, counseling referrals increase, mm-hmm. parent groups start um, becoming populated, um, our juvenile justice program um, begins to receive referrals. So um, there is an ebb and a flow to the, the services, um, you know, once they uh, end up being in the school environment or back in front of uh, teachers and other professionals, then those referrals start happening. We worked really hard over the summer to make sure that we had a strategic plan and one that incorporated all the resources for the myriad 
families and children in our community, how how are we going to tackle this? Um, the, the summer has been kind of just oppressive with all of that heat. Yeah. And we wanted to make sure for those kids in our child care um, and early learning center, as well as our school, that they have access to some indoor recreation and some ways to dispel some of that <clears throat> energy. There you and, go. Yeah. Yeah, really important because, you know, you can't do it outside. No, uh, and if you do, you got to make sure everybody stays hydrated with plenty of water. Yes, yes. Now, you know, I mean, I think exposure to nature is is an important element. So we have incorporated, um, you know, opportunities in covered areas or cooler areas, cooler times of the day, um, splash day and those kinds of things that keep the kids nice and cool, but allow them to connect with nature, to regroup and to, um, you know, not not have the negative consequences of being out in that intense heat. Now, we are celebrating 25 years of DFW Restaurant Week, and ironically, Lena Pope has been involved for 24 of those 25 years. I mean, it's a great, great fundraising opportunity. Can you talk about some of the fundraising things that Lena Pope has been involved in this entire year or some of the things you got coming up? Because, again, you guys are such a quality organization, and you've been around in Fort Worth, Tarrant County, for, like you said, 93 years, 100th anniversaries right down the road. Can you talk about 2022 and some of the things you have done and some of the things that you're looking forward to on the fundraising side? Sure. Um, we partner every year with Joti Garcia's for yes. um, Fiesta. It's an annual kind of get-together to, to celebrate the children and to celebrate those who have invested in helping those kids in our community uh, it is really phenomenal, and actually it happens at a time of the year this year. The weather was so perfect, and we had almost 500 people come, and, um, you know, those those proceeds do go to helping the kids, um, and it's a really fun time. I mean, the, the environment itself is just so relaxing, mm-hmm. and people really connect with one another, and we, we do put um, out flyers and information about successes that have happened for the children in our care over the course of the year. And that's always rewarding to those, those people who have either donated or donated their time. And um, they love to, to experience the positive uh, aspect of what their contributions have done. Um, every year uh, we have um, a golf tournament as well, and that will be coming up shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have um, back-to-school events for the kids, and we have opportunities to, um, you know, um, donate items for those that are in child care, whether it's, you know, socks or diapers or, you know, those kinds of things. Um, we collect things for our um, our counseling rooms. We provide play therapy, and play therapy is one of those interventions that is so helpful to those that are extremely young and lack the verbal skills to communicate um, their experiences. Mm-hmm. And so you can imagine those counseling tools. Um, some would refer to them as toys, but they're very specific toys. Yes. Um, 
those wear down and we do fundraisers to, to have those back on board and those sorts of things. So um, we've been really busy. Restaurant Week is such an important part of what we do. It's actually one of our largest fundraisers. Right. Um, yeah, this, this year we, we have some exciting um, opportunities. We have preview week uh, that is actually happening. Right um, now, yes, yeah, it's just it's been happening. Yeah. yeah, and this is come, we're going into the main week. Yes, we are. We are. But, you know, I mean, it does go all the way through September 4th. Some restaurants participate a little bit longer, which we so appreciate. Um, and FedEx jumped in this year. And oh, um, they have offered, if you spend $10 at a local FedEx office, um, you get a certificate and you get an extra dinner course um, while you're at your um um, dinner experience. And so uh, that, that I thought was really a great partnership. And um, we also have an opportunity for those who are chefs in their own home. Um, uh, Market Street's uh, corporate chef, um, Matt Krausen, mm-hmm. has a cookbook. And if you get the cookbook and a tote bag, um, then ten dollars uh, actually goes over to Lena Pope, and so uh, it's fifteen dollars and ten dollars of that comes to us. So there's so many ways um, to to be involved and to uh, take advantage of enjoying time with your friends and mm-hmm. benefiting yourself, yet still benefiting those who are in need. That is fantastic. You know, like I said, DFW Restaurant Week has done a great, great partnership with with Lena Pope and the North Texas Food Bank. And if you were talking to someone who would like to be a traditional partner with Lena Pope, how could you get involved, whether you wanted to be a partner or whether you wanted to be a volunteer? Sure. Um, You know, you can always uh, reach out to anyone by calling um, our main number, and that's 817-255-2500, or your welcome to hop onto the website and we have a form there that you can um, post uh, your interest in either donating or volunteering. Um, You know, just check out the the website in in general. I think that uh, the services that we provide are are so broad and so uh, encompassing of both the healthy child and family and those that are in need. Um, most people are are surprised to see, you know, the entire breadth of what we do and uh, are encouraged to uh, come out to the school and read to the kids or, mm-hmm. you know, come help with our, our drying up gardens, <laughs> you know, with this heat. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> in the spring and in late fall, it might be even better, right? <laughs> You're exactly right. We do have corporate events. Uh, a lot of times people will come out and help to refurbish the playgrounds or to help the kids with uh, planting vegetables or things like that. Um, and it's always greatly appreciated. Can you talk to uh, those who are listening who in Tarrant County who may be a family that says, you know what, I need help. What are the steps I can do to reach Lena Pope? Can you talk about those families that sometimes say, oh, I don't know if I could even afford it? Or they're thinking, in other words, the parents or the families might be overthinking, but they would like to do something or or like to use your services. Can you talk them through 
what they would need to do if they were to be, you know, one of the families that are involved with Lena Pope? Sure. You know, I think the first step is if you're seeking services, you don't know exactly what you need, but right. you know that is having a hard time, is to call our, our main number um, at the 817-255-2500. And we have a, a trained um, a person who will answer questions and help to guide you through the system. Most of our services are self-referral. So, you know, that person who receives the call can hear what your concerns are and guide you to whether it's a substance use program or whether it's a parenting program or individual counseling, group counseling. It's so so hard as a person in the community to say, well, here's exactly what I need. Um, so a lot of times that first phone call is really helpful. They could come on in for an assessment. After the assessment, then they'll make a treatment plan. And the treatment plan uh, helps to outline all of the ways that we're going to work together to help feel better. Um, and some of those may be social activities that you do on your own. Some of them may be services that we provide here. Or some may be um, working with a partner organization, another service that uh, we can help you to access. And so those initial conversations tend to be quite involved because everyone's family unit and concerns are unique. I don't think I've ever met or heard of calls. There's just no such thing. And so um, it's important to, to talk it through with a professional who can help guide you. Um, if you don't want to share all of that over the phone, um, you know, you could give a general idea of what the concern is. They can make an in-person appointment to talk it through, you know, in person or, you know, we have telehealth. And so if it's inconvenient to make it all the way to the office, that appointment could happen over the Internet. Once again, it is a pleasure talking to you, Dr. Ashley Elgin, the CEO of Lena Pope. You guys do such outstanding work. Uh, Let me say happy DFW Restaurant Week the rest of this month, and may everybody take part in that. And, again, we will have you visit again real soon, can we? Absolutely. You know, I love it. I love it. All right, Ashley. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours... 
the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. That's Dr. Ashley Elgin. And once again, we are celebrating DFW Restaurant Week, North Texas' largest annual culinary event, celebrating its milestone 25th anniversary this summer, all the way, actually, all the way through September the 4th, from August the 8th through September the 4th. And what is it and what does it involve? Let me give you a little bit more details. First of all, you can find all the delicious 25th anniversary campaign details at DFWRestaurantWeek.com. That's right dfwrestaurantweek.com and these are some of the things you can understand and find out about first of all it's a month of dining with top restaurants across the metroplex like i said from august 8th through september the 4th the main week is august 8th through the 14th dfw restaurant week dining reservations can be made via open table or directly with restaurants that's right when you go to your favorite restaurant um there are the different variety of cuisines with premier restaurants across the Metroplex that you can explore. An expanded selection of prefix menu items, including uh, new weekend brunch items and signature experienced diners. I mean, it's 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 a fantastic thing. Uh, the dinners are a three-course meal for either $39, $8 donated, or $49 with $10 donated. The signature experienced dinner, that's new this year, it's a $99 meal. $20 donated. The exclusive VIP experience created by select restaurants features many, including signature cocktails, chef table creations, and additional courses crafted by for and especially a memorable memorial treat. Times may vary, but you got to check it out. The lunch, a two-course meal for $24, $4 donated at many of the restaurants participating. The weekend brunch is new this year. A two-course meal for $29, $6 donated at select restaurants. Okay, takeout. Hey, you know about the Uber? You know about the takeouts now. Everybody likes to get the takeout. So many restaurants will continue to offer takeout options for DFW Restaurant Week menus. Now, again, when is this going on? August 8th through September the 4th. A um, couple of special anniversary offerings. FedEx Office, DFW Restaurant Week's fourth course. You can enjoy a free DFW Restaurant Week fourth course compliments of FedEx Office beginning July 8th. Well, that's already started. Uh, You can spend, like that said, $10 at local FedEx Office locations and receive a certificate for an additional dinner course at participating restaurants. That's awesome. And uh, the DFW Restaurant Week anniversary toasting events presented by Campari Rare, uh, Nestle Premium, Waters, Featuring Aquapana, Perrier, San Pellegrino, and Stella Artorias. You can tell I'm not uh, Mr. Connoisseur of all the waters. The official beer of DFW Restaurant Week. So all those things are all a part of the annual toasting events. Make a note. Tuesday, August 9th, Celebration Happy Hour at Italy. Help us kick off the DFW Restaurant Week's 25th anniversary with a happy hour celebration to remember. Partnering with San Pellegrino and Italy for unique store-wide tasting parties featuring San Pellegrino sodas and waters, regional Italian wines, refreshing spritzers, and chef-crafted bites. You can enjoy classic Italian tastings like caviar, house-made pasta cooked in a uh, Parmigiano Raggi. 
Aparigiano, hey, Raggiano wheel, hey, Roman style pizza, Camprizi salad, and more. Details and tickets at once again, dfwrestaurantweek.com. Marcus Street's DFW Restaurant Week recipes with Matt. This is an extended festivities to your own kitchen by cooking up delicious recipes created by Market Street corporate chef Matt Croson. Ashley was talking about that a little earlier. Capturing the Market Street mission of making every day extraordinary. For recipe book purchased at its local store, that's $15 including a tote bag. Market Street will donate $10 to the North Texas Food Banks and Lena Pope. You just got to do it for them. DFW Restaurant Week Staff Appreciation Contest presented by Society Insurance. You can help thank the hardworking restaurant staff who make it all happen. Nominate your favorite servers, greeters, chefs, managers, and other restaurant staff for this special recognition. Nominations open a couple of days ago and run throughout the campaign all the way through September the 4th. So check out the DFW Restaurant Week Staff Appreciation Contest. Now also, when dining, be sure to specify DFW Restaurant Week and request the campaign menu to ensure that the charities receive that special donation. Again, for all the delicious 25th anniversary campaign details, go to dfwrestaurantweek.com. I mean, it's such a great cause. DFW Restaurant Week is a great way to try new restaurants or enjoy your longtime favorites all for this worthy cause. Every meal benefits the North Texas Food Bank in the Dallas area or Lena Pope in the Tarrant County area. Approximately 20% of cost for each meal is donated. Now, over the past 25 years, DFW Restaurant Week has successfully raised nearly $11 million in charitable donations directly benefiting our community. Also supporting local restaurant businesses at a time of year when business is typically slower, and now we all know it's all recovering from the pandemic. So once again, remember, we are celebrating and taking care of business with DFW Restaurant Week. And joining us right now is the president and CEO of the North Texas Food Bank, Miss Trisha Cunningham. Trisha, how you doing? I'm doing great, Chris. Well, you know, it is DFW Restaurant Week time all the way through September the 4th. And we're so glad to have you aboard because the North Texas Food Bank you got this is like a big time for you guys, especially with the DFW Restaurant Week. How much of an impact does DFW Restaurant Week have on your organization and what you guys are able to do? Well, number one, this is the 25th anniversary of Restaurant Week, and we've been a proud benefactor of Restaurant Week for all 25 years. Yes. And so if you look at over the 25-year time period, we've received over $8 million. And knowing that every dollar that's contributed to the North Texas Food Bank, we can turn that into three meals. I mean, you can do the math on that. I mean, that's over time. It's over, you know, almost 25 million meals that we've been able to provide just because of DFW Restaurant Week. And this year is no different. We, the last couple of years have been pretty light, obviously, because of the impact of the pandemic. But we know people are out dining again. We know people love good food. And uh, this is the culinary event of the year. And it's a, it's a great thing for us because it's one of our best, uh, best events that we have. Now, you mentioned people getting out dining again, and a lot of people are. But guess what? Because of the pandemic, a lot of people started doing the takeout thing and having the food brought to the house. And now we've got the takeout option with DFW Restaurant Week. 
You know, I think everyone's had to adjust because <laughs> yes. of the, the changes of the pandemic. And so that means Restaurant Week had to as well. So not only do they still have takeout where you can order from the DFW Restaurant Week menu, it's really important to make sure you order from that menu mm-hmm. in order for us to be able to get about 20% of the cost of the meal would come back to us. But, you know, they have the dine-in experiences like lunch and dinner. They've added some other new things this year, too. They have a weekend brunch with some of the restaurants. And then also they have this new signature experience dinner because we know people love to dine out. And these are going to be very special, even higher-end menu options. Some of them may be at a chef's table or have some signature cocktails or other things that they would go along with this higher-end signature experience dinner as well. There's some kind of, put it like this, there's something for everyone because some people like to spend a little money when they're going out and some people like to spend a little bit. But the best part about DFW Restaurant Week is when you mention DFW Restaurant Week and ask for that special menu, you can get get it the way you want to get it and know it's going to a worthy cause. Just like I said, uh, the, you know, the North Texas Food Bank, Lena Pope in, in Tarrant County. Uh, can you talk a little bit about this particular year with the North Texas Food Bank is 2022 now. And in spite of all this heat, no, I'm going to go ahead and say it. With all of this heat going on, how have things been going with you guys? Because I know you, you're providing so many meals for so many individuals and families. And I know it's probably been kind of tough in the summertime with all these triple digits. Well, Chris, I mean, not only that, but if you go back and you rewind Uh, we were on the front lines of serving during the pandemic. We had so many families in our community that because immediately they may have lost their job in the service industry or they were having to stay home with kids because they were out of school. There were so many challenges our families went through, and we were serving at peak levels, we thought, during the pandemic. Uh, People saw the long lines of cars because they couldn't go to the food pantries in their local communities just because it wasn't safe for them to be open. And so we were helping to serve in those long lines. Now, fast forward a couple of years later, most of our food pantries that are out in the 13 counties that we serve are open. Uh, Neighbors are still coming there, but we're serving at a higher level than we ever have. And now families are faced with the impact of inflation. Right. You know, food insecurity and hunger is a symptom of of not having enough income. And whenever you see that about 40% of the families in our community, over half their budgets is spent on rent and transportation, and that has gone up significantly. And then you go to the grocery store, and those they don't have number one don't have enough dollars, and number two, it's even costing more at the grocery store as well because of the impact of the supply chain and all the costs that are, are impacted there. So our families are struggling now even more than they were during the peak of the pandemic. And, I mean, we just finished our our fiscal year at the end of June. We provided access to 137 million meals. Uh, I celebrated my fifth anniversary at the food bank this year. That's almost double what we were serving when I first came on board. That's absolutely amazing. But it's also a, a, a telltale time of the world we live in today. Now, you mentioned supply chain. That's something that everybody has learned a lot about because things that they thought they needed or wanted, they could not get because of supply chain issues. Can you talk about some of the challenges you guys had to face? Or And I know you've been able to solve some things that other people have had to deal with with supply chain, but I know you guys have had those stories too because you're depending on 18-wheelers bringing you guys food. 
Yeah, absolutely correct. And what we're seeing is that we're we're having to purchase a lot more food now just because we're not getting enough donated food. Mm-hmm. If you look at what we have spent on purchased food, typically before the pandemic, we were we were spending about 5 to 6 million dollars a year on purchased food. Uh, and then if you fast forward to where we're at right now, we we have $30 million in our budget for purchased food this year. We don't have enough. Uh, we're not expecting to, to make enough from fundraising to cover that. We're going to have to have a deficit budget this year to be able to cover the amount of food that we believe our community is going to need this year to make it through this inflationary times. But we're making trade-offs. So um, we're trying to be as efficient with, with our resources as possible, right? 95% of all of our resources goes into our our feeding programs. And the only way that we can make that work and make that dollar to provide three meals, you know, it's getting tougher and tougher with the increased cost and having to purchase more food. So we have to really be very, very strategic about what we do from from a supply chain. For example, this year, for some reason, you know, canned peaches were going to cost us about $1.79 a can to be able to bring get canned peaches in. But we could get fresh fruit uh, for less cost. And we also know that that's obviously more nutritious for families, but it does perish quicker. So right. we're having to, you know, look at our own operations and how we can, can bring in more produce and get more produce out to families so that they, we can still make sure they have access to that fruit that they need for their families. But we're going to have to adjust, you know, how we're getting that food to them. And it may be fresh versus in a can or or um, some other, you know, way to be able to get that to the families. Uh, so we're having to make trade-offs and be very strategic about how we source the food that we're bringing in. This is so interesting. Again, we love to peel back the curtain and, and let everybody know how things are going. And a guy, and it also shows the remarkable work that you guys do. In, a, in, a, in other words, solving the situations. So were there situations, because everybody's had to do this over the last year or two, with the supply chain in particular. Notice I'm honing in on the supply chain because uh-huh. anytime something's not available, you hear whether it's, you know, the automobile industry or you're trying to get your car worked on or whatever it is, it's like, well, we got a supply chain situation. Have you ever had a situation where you had to shorten your hours or you flat out ran out of food at a location because of supply chain? You know, we we have made sure that we've continued to have access to food. It may not be the same food that we've had in the past, but we that's the one thing that we're committed to is making sure that we have food for our families that are in need. And so we have uh, committed to a list of staples that we're going to make sure that our partner agencies have access to. But, yes, yeah, sometimes those staples uh, they they're going away quickly, and sometimes we have to go back and say, okay. The needs are going up out in the community. Whenever we started to see, it was probably in the March time frame that we really saw the spike in needs because of inflation-related issues. And more of our partner agencies were, were ordering, and it's like, okay, we need more protein, and those are expensive. Protein got very mm-hmm. expensive for a while. So we were having to look at maybe some alternative me- protein items. You know, peanut butter is always one of our staples. And so trying to direct people more towards some of the other alternative proteins versus um, just the actual like beef. You know, we might, we were buying more chicken than we were beef. Right. We were, uh, right. you know, so, so we were having to make some trade-offs and some of the kind of variety that we were able to provide, but still tried to make sure that all of the partners in our community had access to the kinds of food that are really important. You know, you want those healthy proteins, uh, fresh fruits and vegetables, whole grains, 
uh, low-fat dairy, low-sodium vegetables, and, and you know, low-sugar fruits, those type of things that we know, they're going to be important to make sure that is nourishing a body because we know that it takes a nourished body to have a thriving body and so that they can continue. Because, you know, kids can't learn right. if they're focused on uh, the rumbly in the tummy and, mm-hmm. and uh, if they don't have access to the nutritious food versus junk food. And, and it's expensive. Sometimes healthy food is more expensive. And so we want to make sure that families have access to that. But we have not shut down. We have probably even become more efficient with our operations and bringing more in. And we have really expanded our food sourcing team in particular because uh, we're having to go to food growers, food manufacturers, retailers to try to make sure that we can access any of that additional food that they may otherwise throw in the trash. That's just a crime whenever Mm -hmm. you think about there are hungry people and that we could utilize that food. So we, you know, we bring in food by the tractor trailer loads and we need all that that we can to be able to make sure that we can feed, but we've got to increase the amount of donated food um, so that we can continue to sustain that out into the community. We've had some great new partners that have come on board. We've always had wonderful partnerships with all the major retailers there, but even some of the new, think about some of the food box ones like the HelloFresh and Blue Apron and some of those. So we've developed some new partnerships as well that um, we're able to leverage that food for our community too. That is fantastic. And and I'm I'm glad you brought up the kids because, you know, you're talking about healthy snacks and I know over the years you've noticed this because this is what you do. You document it and you're providing things for people, and especially with the kids. And you mentioned the rumbling in their tummies. Mm-hmm. Healthy snacks seem to be taken over, which is what we want, as opposed to junk yes. food. Can you talk about um, how, you know, you guys are getting away from, you know, chips and soda all the time? Because that's what a lot of people, that used to be quote-unquote un- unhealthy staples, but you guys are providing a variety of things. I mean, you haven't gotten totally away from sodas and, and, and chips, but still you're offering more of a variety. Uh, so it is part of our nutrition policy. We work with those that do retail donations that we want healthy, nutritious food. But like you said, doesn't mean that we always have that. That 137 million meals that I talked about, that was just the healthy, nutritious food. If you look at everything that we distribute from a meals, last year, fiscal year, 91.8% of everything that we distributed was considered nutritious. Wow. Uh, so that's because we, we really do feel like that's extremely important. And many of our partner agency pantries that are out in the community, we have about 400 feeding programs that are out there, and we increase nutrition education with those partners uh, by a huge amount this past year, helping them to, as neighbors go into their pantry, even helping them to code foods as red, yellow, and green. So green are the items that you want to make sure that you have a lot of in your diet. Yellow are the items that you can eat in moderation that are good. And red are the items that would be sometimes foods. And so those would be your sugary snacks and things. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes a treat every now and then, sure. but it just can't be the majority of your of your of your diet. And so, you know, we're helping our pantries also help to educate their neighbors on the kinds of food that they need. We're providing recipes out. uh, So, you know, think about a fresh produce item, maybe like an eggplant. Eggplant. Many people don't know how to cook an eggplant other than to cut it up and fry it. Mm -hmm. Well, obviously that takes sort of counterbalances the nutritional value 
of that product. So we're providing recipes to our partners to sort of pair with some of the items that they have so that they can provide options for the families that they serve on how they can prepare it in a way that would be more nutritious. I love all of this. And again, that's why I like talking to you. We're talking to Tricia Cunningham. She's the president and CEO of the North Texas Food Bank. This is DFW Restaurant Week, all the rest of this month, all the way through September the 4th. And I, 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 I'm going to circle back to the triple digit weather because everybody's got a story of the challenges this summer in North Texas with all of this heat. Is there any story that you guys, I know you've been clutch, but have there been any situations where like, oh, we were able to come through or, oh, we had a tougher time because of all the heat, whether it's people waiting in line to get the food or whether you had uh, some trucks that overheated. Just tell us some good good stories or maybe some uh, challenges <laughs> that you had to deal with because, again, everybody can relate. It's like, wow, you too? Yes, and everyone is struggling with that. The good news is is that we don't have the long lines that we used to. So we good. don't have people that are waiting out in the heat in these long lines. They're going to their local community pantries. So we still are serving at higher levels, but they're just able to go into those community pantries, which is a more of an indoor setting where they can, most of them are client choice. So it's much like a grocery store where they can go in and they can then shop for their families in the, in the community pantries. But we do still do mobile distributions and we do them all over the 13 counties and try to make sure that we go into areas that they may not have access to a community pantry. So we did talk to our – we have someone that manages safety uh, here at the food bank and making sure that we're doing things in a very safe manner. But when we were doing those triple-digit heats, we also had to think about food safety. Mm-hmm. We had to think about our the people that were distributing the food that were outside and the safety of those individuals as well. Making sure so they we were did, hydrated. Making sure they were hydrated, making sure that there were cooling stations, making sure that we had tents. Mm -hmm. over the food and that we were able to keep everyone cool. And so all those kinds of things to make sure that we're making sure that those people that are distributing the food are taking care of themselves, but also maintaining the proper food safety temperature. So there are things called cold blankets that we could put over the food to try to make sure that we keep that temperature. We go and we check the temperature of the food. If it's some type of of a refrigerated or frozen product, we check the temperature, and we know that it can only be out a certain period of time in the hot weather. So that means that we have to keep more of it inside and on-premise. The, the, the truck that has the refrigeration unit on it, we have to keep it in there longer, so we can't just leave it sitting out. We have to make sure that we have more hands on deck to be able to get that food onto the lines where we may be distributing from a mobile food pantry. So we've just had to alter how we've distributed. But, you know, I give our team huge kudos in making sure that they, they've never faltered from the mission. We haven't canceled any distributions because of heat. We've always made sure that we've, we've been able to be there to serve. I love this. And I love the way you have so many variety of ways of distributing this food. Could you talk about getting the food to seniors or people with special needs? Sure. You know, we do have programs that that do serve senior citizens, and it is harder for them to get out. Uh, Many of them are not, number one, they're still concerned about contracting COVID, and it is a high risk. And especially right now, we know that all the counties in our area are are at a very high level. Yeah, there's uh, some variants out there, yeah. 
there it's there so i mean we're we're red i mean so we've even we follow cdc guidelines so we still have we actually had to reimplement our our mask mandate here at the food bank for even our volunteers just so mm-hmm. that we can maintain a safe environment here but we know that senior citizens are extremely concerned about that they're con- extremely concerned about the heat and uh, especially those so we we actually have a partnership with an organization called DoorDash many of you know them oh, for delivering yes. food But they have, from their charitable philanthropic standpoint, not only here in North Texas, but in several sites across the U.S., they have formed partnerships with food banks. And we're utilizing them for some door-to-door delivery. Uh, Typically, we are working through some of our partner agencies to be able to schedule some of those deliveries. So that way, if individuals can't come to a site they can uh, call in to that partner agency and they can try to see if they can get if they would qualify for having the DoorDash delivery for for their senior citizens box food or or um, if they're not able to get out. And so those are some that is a new innovation this year. Mm-hmm. I think we we're distributing about you know ten thousand or so boxes through um, through that partnership, and there's certainly a lot of opportunity for growth there. Now. We always have to bring this up because there are people who are listening sometimes and they're like, they're hungry, so to speak, but they don't want to put like this. You may have a neighbor down the street. They have the nice house, but Mm -hmm. they're having a problem making ends meet, especially with inflation or especially with whatever's going on coming off a pandemic. Uh, The job isn't what it used to be. It's a gig economy. Can you talk about or can you encourage them how it is not? an embarrassing situation to take care of your family when it comes to feeding them. Chris, you're absolutely right. I mean, that is one of the things that we stress all the time. Everyone needs help. And even if it's temporary, even if it's temporary, temporary. And that's what we want. I mean, we are there to be able to help our neighbors. And the idea is we want to help them move beyond the reason why they are food insecure right now. Uh, and it is a dignified experience, and people will go in and they will try to help get them on a path so that they can get beyond their current situation. We launched a new strategic plan last year called Nourish North Texas, and we've always and we will continue to always be focused on our core competency of making sure that we have enough food out in the community to try to meet the needs of the community overall. But a new part of this strategy is also trying to be that connector for what we're calling adjacent services. Why is that person hungry? We know that hunger is a symptom of poverty and and not having enough income. So hunger, providing food is the Band-Aid. How do we get them beyond the Band-Aid? How do we get them to heal? We don't feel like we need to duplicate services that are already available in the community, but one thing that the pandemic very much pointed out to us is that, number one, if you've never needed food assistance before, you don't really know where to go get it. So I'm just going to say right now, before I forget, you can go to ntfb.org, our website, and there is something called a food finder on there where you can put your zip code in there and you can find the local food pantries around you if you are hungry. If you go to that food pantry, many of them offer additional services. So they may find out, okay, did you just lose your job? Mm -hmm. Do you just not have enough income because of the inflation impact? Maybe your rent has gone up. Maybe some of these other issues have happened to you that you weren't expecting. You may have had a a health issue. You know, there could be other things that are going on that families just sometimes can't plan for. So that that partner there, they can try to figure out what that is. If they have services on site, such as a job training program or a, a financial literacy program, you know, they can try to connect 
individuals into some of those programs. What we're also trying to do is helping our partners understand what are the resources that are available to them and their community where they can also do referrals into some of those additional programs because just navigating where to go is very difficult. We're doing some direct partnerships as well. We have a couple that we haven't announced yet, but it's thinking about health care mm-hmm. and those that may not have the, the resources to be able to provide the healthy diet that they may need for their current medical situation. We are doing a partnership uh, that, like I said, hasn't been announced yet with a hospital where they're going to have an on-site food pantry so that they can basically prescribe individuals to go to that pantry to be able to um, get access to the kind of food that they need and they can monitor their ongoing health over time. We're working on a workforce development pilot. We're also working on a financial literacy pilot. So that way we can refer people that may be food insecure into those programs. Or if they're going through a workforce development program, one of the number one reasons why uh, individuals drop out of, let's say, Dallas College. You know, there's a high food insecurity need there in Dallas College, but mm-hmm. if they cannot afford to stay in school because they can't meet their basic needs, that's why they have to drop out. So we've worked with, for example, with Dallas College, and they have food pantries on all of their seven campuses. We've had mobile distributions. Their financial counselors know how to screen for individuals who might qualify for some additional Uh, government benefits that they can refer to our social services team that can try to help them to get access because you can't break the cycle if you can't get what's needed to do that. So if you can't get an education, you can't get that livable wage job that's going to help you to be able to support your family without additional assistance. So we have to be able to help people get over some of these barriers to food insecurity if we're truly going to reduce the need for food in our community. Let me tell you something. You said that so well. I love the way you not only talk about a problem, but you offer the solutions and you show people there is hope. Tricia, thanks again for joining us, especially during DFW Restaurant Week. And for more information on DFW Restaurant Week, go to dfwrestaurantweek.com. Tricia Cunningham, she's the president and CEO of the North Texas Food Bank. Tricia, again, thanks for joining us. Chris, thank you so much, and please, everyone, go out and eat for good. That's right, and thank you again for being a part of 25 years of Restaurant Week. I mean, DFW Restaurant Week is all about making sure people take care of each other, and the donations that are part of this are just, they're well-received and well and well thought of. So thanks again, Tricia, for being with us. I appreciate it. All right, that's Tricia Cunningham. I'm Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan. Thank you for joining us. Tune in next week as we focus on other organizations and individuals doing great things right here in our community here on Better Living. So long, everybody. And remember, DFW Restaurant Week. You can get more information at dfwrestaurantweek.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.